0: Our next guest is a three-time All-American, three-time first-team All-ACC. He enjoyed a 17-year career in the NBA, had over 15,000 career points, and over 7,500 career rebounds. On top of that, he's inducted in the New York City Basketball Hall of Fame and played on the 1982 National Championship team at the University of North Carolina. Sam Perkins, welcome to the All Access Legends podcast brought to you by the National Basketball Retired Players Association. How are you today?
1: Good. Appreciate it. Thank
0: you. Awesome. So I want to start with something that I mentioned in your intro. What was it like to play on the 1982 National Championship team at North Carolina and play alongside some of the greats like
1: Jordan and Worthy? Man, I mean, I don't, I, I talk about this all the time because everybody asks me about that, that team. Um, everybody seems to think that that was the greatest college team of, of to mankind, but just being there, it was just um, playing for Dean Smith and the guys you mentioned. It was it was an experience. I mean, we didn't know it was an experience until after we left it, left there. But while we were there, we just had a good time. We played together. Um, the, the teams that came after us, and I mean, the, I think the best part of playing at Carolina and playing at that time was. Teams just kept coming after you. You know, you were the we had a bullseye on our back, and we took that as a challenge all the time. So basically, it was it was fun um, and competing and winning, and um, you know, not fun losing. But just the experience, and the wins and losses, the ups and downs, the practices was like always competitive. It, it just—it was just four years of growing up, and uh, Dean Smith was one of those guys to keep us in check.
0: College will certainly do that to you. Yeah. So I guess going off of that, what was your favorite memory like in college?
1: Um. Well, I came from New York, so I mean, coming to the South in somewhat sense, it it was a whole different feel because. Um, from Brooklyn it was predominantly black, my neighborhood and so on. But going to the South it was predominantly white uh dressed people sometimes. They didn't understand me because my accent at the time was much stronger. And so uh with that said it was a it was a life changing experience, more so than just basketball, because I was implemented in a place called Chapel Hill, small city, and you just met all kinds of people, and um, you know, as you got familiar and situated, I mean, you you got a, you went along to get along, and next thing you know, um, you're one of these well-known persons on campus because you played basketball at the University of North Carolina. So, it was a life adjustment for me, uh, opposed to like a worthy or, or or somebody from North Carolina that knew 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 the uh, the outset of what what Chapel Hill and what the country was like.
0: So would you say that was your greatest
1: challenge? Yeah, the challenge, yeah, the challenge was to, to adapt to, to people basically, because I was kind of close knit with myself and never really approaching people and never really talking to people. So, um, as time got on, um, I got more relaxed and, um, and see, you know, because I didn't know if people liked me or not, but more so, I mean, they might like you for playing basketball there, but as a person, I, I didn't I didn't really know.
0: So what was the greatest thing that you learned in college that you took with you throughout the rest of your life?
1: Well, everybody's going to think basketball, but I think it's all the lessons that I learned from Coach Smith. Um, Coach Smith was probably one of the down-to-earth coaches that really was concerned about his players. He recruited guys from different backgrounds and different places to mesh, and one of the things I took from that was just just seeing getting to know people that I've never experienced before. Um, religion i have talked i talk as it went on, I talked to a lot of guys about religion, their beliefs, why they believed in this and that. And, I, you know, we had debates, and I think one of the things that Coach taught me was to do something different every day or try to get to know somebody that you would would never think about knowing. So uh, he had us doing, you know, reading and things of that nature, and that's how I got more knowledgeable about people. And that's one of the things I always liked about Dean Smith because he was so – versatile in his approaches that he made you think about things. And um, it's kind of a, a quality that I have now. I take with me trying to get to know people and always assessing things and, you know, putting yourself in other people's shoes and things of that nature. So um, I, I would say if anything it was be life lessons that I would take away, including the basketball, because you got to know yourself competing and and uh, through wins and through losses, figured that, you know, I don't, I'm gonna approach it this way. I'm gonna prepare myself for a game. I mean, I know what to do now. So I take that all that, and that's a tribute to uh, Coach Smith.
0: So you leave North Carolina after four years and went on to have a 17 year career in the NBA, which is incredible. Going back to when you made the transition from the college ranks to the NBA, what was your biggest learning curve or challenge?
1: Well, the biggest challenge was to to to, to the practices and and the the, the the coaches because you thought every coach was like Dean Smith, but yes you got a wake up wake up call as soon as that first day came to practice. But I think basically from from what I tried to do um, in 17 years is be consistent. That was the challenge for me to be consistent throughout my games try to do something that you know that would be best for the team Um, and as I look back uh, sometimes I wish I was more aggressive in, in in the ways of playing but you know we had guys on teams that had who was a scorer who was this and so on and so on and you was just a role player but at the same time it was just trying to be consistent not worry about anything else and that's what I try to do on each team, from Dallas to LA to uh, all the way to Indiana, and um, I had great coaches at the time. So um, I tried to just try to do everything for the for, for that perspective team. Where
0: was your favorite place to play, and why?
1: Uh, it's a toss up, um, I would have to say because I got acclimated in uh, Seattle, that I would say Seattle because I was in. Into- in the community, doing a lot more. I was in, I was in, excuse me, I was in Lake and Los Angeles. And I liked that team too, but I wasn't there long enough to get acclimated. As soon as I was, I got traded, and um, I wanted to do a lot more things there, community-wise, community service-wise. But I think Seattle was the one because you know, I was here the longest. Uh, Longer than my longest tenure was probably here in Dallas, but uh, I think it was more so uh, Seattle because my team we went to the finals and uh, we had a a group of guys that were different and uh, I enjoyed playing with all my teams, but this team was probably the the team that that we had uh, chemistry.
0: So, I want to hit on something that you mentioned earlier in the conversation about getting more involved in the community. Is that something that has become a priority for you in life after basketball? Um,
1: well, yeah, to be truthful, I mean, I don't know I don't know why I do it. I mean, it's pretty much I mean, I know why, but it's just an innate thing with me to wake up and and with all the things on my plate, I try to uh, give myself to the Special Olympics uh to the NBA cares program, um, other things that are going on, mentoring, uh, players talking to, to people. Um it's just an innate thing that I think I've adapted from the uh adopted from the NBA because you had good mentors there and um they all were all inclined to always say give back to the community. So when you when you do that it's just an extension of what you've learned over the years, even back as when Coach Smith. So, um, it's probably part of me to to do that regardless. Um, even if there wasn't a program, I would always try to help mentor, you know, players or give advice. And even though I don't have a degree in none of this psychiatry or psychology I'm not a psychologist. It's just more like you just give what you your, your past experiences, and hopefully that uh, they listen to some of the words that you choose.
0: So you're the new guy on the MBRPA board. What do you bring to the table, and how do you hope to help fellow retired players? You know, being in this new position.
1: Well, I mean, first I, it's a, it was a compliment. Someone someone thought I should be on there, and I'm not still trying to figure out why I should be on there, but um. I guess because I'm retired, but also I think it's probably my background of what I've been part of. i um, been part of the work for the NBA, work for the Pacers, um, I, board of directors of uh, Special Olympics and some other things uh, involving uh, community service. So I think the retired players, uh, which I all respect, um, I, I've, I've met them uh, through my uh, career and have you know admiration for them, and um, now that I'm part of the association, I'm trying to, and others, myself, Johnny Davis and Jerome Williams, we're all trying to um, bring some new life, um, you know, shed some light on what we sh- what we could be doing, what we need to do to to impose or hopefully impose our will and. Ideas of, of of newness and give them some life and be proud to be you know players from from whatever era they played. They chose to, um, that they. I mean, not chose, but whatever era that they played in. But I think it's um, it's refreshing to see new ideas, and I think that's what they aim to do is just have new ideas so that we can still have some life with, within us to to make a difference. And I think being on the board where hopefully I can bring that, uh, stability of, uh, from, for new ideas and have some, and have a good time basically.
0: So knowing what you know now and having experienced a 17 year career, what is the biggest piece of advice you could give to a rookie just coming into the league?
1: Well, always, it's always innate to me to tell them to, you know, you know, keep your nose clean. Um, Character is the only thing you got going for yourself. Um, coaches, they don't they do care about your word or anything else, but they want to know, you know, because when they do recruit you and when they do see you when they think about drafting you, they always look at a person's character. Um, and even though that may not look like they do, they if it's if if you and a guy are are doing the same thing, equally talented, they look at your, they look at something like your character. So I always tell a rookie that's transitioning to to again be consistent on what you do, play hard, mind your business. I mean have some fun though at the same time. I mean you just can't be sterile sterile basketball player. You're gonna make mistakes, but try to make them minimal to the point where it doesn't affect your career or fix on thinking of you because your first impression is is, it it will last a long time so i try to give them some encouraging words to do that but um you know they have to have the will to and desire to play and don't fall into the to the to the elements of of shortcuts because shortcuts can can eventually you know stop everything so try to do things as as you go along, you're young enough. There's nothing out there on TV to see. So just put in the work and make it worth, make it worth your while, and people will notice shit after a while. All right.
0: I got one more question for you. I've been dying to know the answer to this. How did you get your nickname? What's,
1: what's the story behind that? <laughs> Man, so I'll try to make it short, but um, I was with the Lakers, and Byron Scott was always a clown. There's always a clown on a team, so it would be Gary. Let's say Gary Payton on the Seattle. It was Mark Jackson on Indiana Pacers, or Dell uh, Del Davis on on the Lakers. It was Byron Scott. And He was naming everybody because Magic had a name, was of course Magic. James had clever, clever. Um, Vlade wanted to be the magician because he wanted to pass like uh, Magic. So. Here come me, and um, I'm always—I mean, I'm always not lethargic, but I'm always taking my time to go places from a point A to B, whether point A to B is around the corner or down the street. I'm—I'm I'm the same speed. So, I was late for practice. I wasn't late for practice. I got there later than I wanted to, and at the forum, and you have supposed to be in a circle at nine forty-five. If you're not in the circle at 9:45, you get fined. So they saw me run by around 9:38 to the locker room. So I had to pass, I had to pass the the court to get to the to the to the to the um to the locker room. So I got dressed and they they were betting that I was going to be uh late and fined. So I got dressed and it was about 9:40 from 9:38 it was about 9:40. 943 and I was I didn't run I was walking to the to the to the to the circle you're playing it cool yeah and so uh, exactly and so I didn't know I said I'm gonna get there regardless but when 945 came I was in that circle so Byron Scott was like here comes saying look at he all smooth and next thing you know that took off like oh he walking smooth me and they all laughing at me because here I am at nine forty four. I'm not even any any rookie, any anybody else would be breaking their neck to get to that that circle. And I was just walking I was just walk, walking so casual, like I had nothing to worry about. So but that's how the name started and then when I got to uh when I got to play for Seattle, Kevin Calabro put the big in front of it and 'cause of shooting threes and And that's how the name came. And that's how it all started.
0: The All Access Legends Podcast is brought to you by the National Basketball Retired Players Association.